Grace and peace and welcome to another episode of Your Week with St. Luke's. As we kick off a new teaching and sermon series called 24 and More. Each Sunday, we will be focused on a different pillar or aspect of our new strategic vision, and we're so excited to be sharing that with all of you as we dive further into Scripture and have a deeper understanding of God's call and vision for us at St. Luke's in this corner of of Southwest Orlando and how we're called to make an impact in our community and, and around the world. So our text for today uh, and this whole week is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. Before we get into our specific text, let's talk a little bit about the book of Ephesians. We've been in Genesis for the last five or six weeks, and now we're making a hard turn into a totally different text and a totally different portion of our Holy Bible. So let's look at Ephesians for a little bit. According to Acts uh, chapter 19, the Apostle Paul spent more time in Ephesus than any of his other missional locations. And yet, all of the Pauline literature in the New Testament, whether they are disputed Pauline, maybe it's from Paul, but maybe it's not, or authentically Paul, excuse me, it is definitely Paul, Ephesians seems to be the least personal and the most general. Ephesians doesn't appear to have been written to address any specific problem as as other Pauline literature does, and there aren't many references to to people within the church. Again, what Paul oftentimes does, he makes it personal and specific. It's like that this book we have now, this letter Ephesians, was sent to all the churches Paul knew about in Asia Minor, including the church in Ephesus. Some scholars believe it wasn't written by the hand of Paul uh, at all, but most likely from a a Pauline school or a group of disciples of or students of Paul in his ministry, who after his death continued in ministry and wrote in his name, which was a common thing in the ancient Near East to do, to write in the name of your teacher, to continue to get their teachings moving on. This is a testament that Paul's ministry continued after his death. And in the hands of his faithful disciples, it attained a new dimension, that Christian truth is never static, but always applicable in new situations. Well, Ephesians is is theologically expanding the church's understanding of salvation in Jesus the Christ. And Ephesians is also unique in its liturgical overtones that that seem to punctuate the letter, that seems to add a little exclamation point uh, to the letter, and especially its movements throughout these six chapters. These liturgical pieces are borrowed from from hymns, creeds, prayers, and other sacramental uh, idioms that you can find as you read it. You hear, oh, this is a prayer, this is a benediction, this is is a, a hymn, there's this rhythm to it. And the author uses these, these, these familiar liturgical notes to help their, their rhetorical argument. So in chapter 1, we have the greeting that is filled with blessings and reminders of the, purposes, uh, of the purpose of God in eternity and time. And the intercession, the prayer, intercession prayer for the churches of Jesus Christ. 
In chapter 2, we get the church's story, past, present, and, and future. And this expansion and or inclusion of those who were once considered excluded from the grace and love of Jesus Christ are now, now included. This leads to chapter 3, our text for our time together. This section begins with the author, again, expanding the the distribution of God's grace, as they say, uh, of which is our responsibility as the church to continue that expanding work and to not be discouraged within that work, as it says in verse 12 and 13. And the verses we're paying special attention to for this week are verses 14 through 21. And this is what the text says in the CEB translation. This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith as a result of having strong roots in love. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth together with all believers. I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. Glory to God who is able to do far beyond, to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and always. Amen. So you hear we have a prayer for the church in verses 14 through 19. And what seems almost like a benediction in verses 20 and 21. Heaven and earth are now joined in this prayer. And, and God, as, as parent, in this prayer is the archetype of this, this new reality that we, the church, find ourselves a part of. Verses 17 through 19, if you notice their requests, their petitions of this newly unified group of Gentiles and Jews, of this new church in Jesus Christ. The first request is that God will provide strength through the Spirit in our inner selves. It's very, very personal. Second, that Christ will live within our hearts through faith. This personal seems to be now moving out. This is a result of having strong roots in love, which will build, this love will build in the last petitions. The third request or, or petition in verse 18 is that the church will have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth together, together with all believers. You see, this is more expansive again, not limiting to, to geographical spaces or, or times, chronological times, but it's expanding it further and further together with all believers. Again, the, the fourth and final petition uh, continues to build on this theme, theme of unity and strength in God's love. 
that the church will know the love of Christ that is beyond our knowledge, beyond what we can put in books or on the internet. This is God's love for the church. And Paul says in verse 19 before that, that this love can't be fully understood, but if they, the church, in, increasingly get to know this love as a church, they'll be a community that truly enjoys God's presence and fullness. That we, as, as a body of believers, as people who, who come together in all the life's struggles, that if we come together in love, we might experience love more fully and we might experience God's presence and fullness, which is love. I wonder how we individually and as a church, both the church and St. Luke's United Methodist Church, are living more fully into these petitions, into this, this prayer that, that Paul and his disciples have for the church. Well, lastly, we have this, this benediction-type closing of this section in verse 20 and 21. It seems to, it glorifies and recognizes that God is, is far beyond all we can imagine and speaks far into the future for all generations of the church and of Jesus Christ forever and always, it says. Here in Ephesians Paul, Paul's ministry continues to expand even after his death because it's not about Paul. It's about Christ. And Christ is about the church, the people. We have this expansion of our understanding of God, God's love, and Jesus' grace, mercy, and love. So as we read and discuss this text in our Life Together groups, in our Bible studies throughout this week, I wonder how God is, is longing for us, the church, you as a group, uh, us as St. Luke's United Methodist Church, and, and, and the worldwide church here today to be about that expansive work, tearing down the, the barriers that we tend to create and making room for more. 24 and more, there's always room for more. Well, grace and peace to you all, and, and I hope and pray that you'll have a powerful experience reading Ephesians, uh, not only Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21, but but maybe all of Ephesians. It's, it's not a long book. It's a powerful book uh, and a powerful letter um, that can speak to, to all of our needs and concerns today. I pray that you'll have a blessed week as you encounter these texts and you live out the grace and love of Jesus Christ in this world.